Hello and welcome to Life with Fire podcast, the podcast that explores our relationship with wildfire and how we can better coexist with it in the future. I'm your host, Amanda Montai, and we have a special episode for you today. This episode is part of our partnership with Mystery Ranch Backpacks. Um, We have been sponsored by Mystery Ranch since the very beginning, and we love their products. We love that they support work like ours. They support Anchor Point Podcast as well. They do a lot of really cool storytelling projects within the Wildland Fire community. One of those projects is the Backbone Scholarship, the Backbone Essay Series as well. Um, The Backbone Scholarship is coordinated with the American Wildfire Experience, AWE. If you guys haven't seen their work before, you should definitely go check that out. The American Wildfire Experience actually supported this podcast as well with one of their digital storytelling micro grants back in, I believe, 2020. Um, They also recently supported us again with another digital storytelling micro grant that is supporting some work that we're doing this winter with some contributors. We have some youth audio producers in Montana who are telling the stories of their communities and how they've been impacted by wildfire. Many of these students are indigenous, and I cannot wait to amplify their stories on the podcast. That work is being coordinated through the Montana Story Lab through the University of Montana in Missoula. So this all to say, uh, this combination of the American Wildfire Experience, uh, Mystery Ranch's Backbone series, and Life with Fire podcast is all sort of a a co-collaboration to amplify storytelling from the fire line, from wildland firefighters themselves, as well as from communities that have been impacted by wildfire kind of more broadly. Um, And this episode today is in support of that. We have one of the American Wildfire Experience Backbone Scholarship winners, Junior Lazaro, on today. Um, We had a relatively quick conversation a few months ago about Junior's fire season. He is in his, uh, he just finished his third season on a crew in Oregon, in Eastern Oregon. And we talked a little bit about his experiences as a wildland firefighter, as a Hispanic wildland firefighter, um, as somebody who works on a crew with family members, and just how wildland firefighting has impacted his life um, and how he is continuing to build a career out of this path. So I'm calling this a somewhat of a rapid fire episode. You know, it's only I think it's only 15 minutes of us chatting. Um, But this is all in support of our partnership with Mystery Ranch and with the American Wildfire Experience to amplify the experiences of wildland firefighters from the ground, from the fire line. And we will have one more episode um, from this series for you next week as well with another winner of the Backbone Scholarship. In the meantime, we hope you enjoy this episode with Junior. And as you are preparing for the holiday season, I highly, highly, highly recommend Mystery Ranch Backpacks. Whether or not you have somebody in your life that works in fire, uh, they have backpacks for anybody and for every hobby you can imagine, from climbing to backcountry skiing to hunting to backpacking. So make sure to go check out their offerings as we approach the holiday season. I will include a link to some of my favorite products from Mystery Ranch in this episode's show notes. And this all to say that the support that you give to Mystery Ranch trickles down to the support that they provide to creators like me and to folks like Junior and other folks who receive these Backbone Scholarships, which are all folks who have worked on the line, who have worked in Wildland Fire, and who have really critical perspectives to share about the future of fire management, fire suppression, fire prevention, things like that. So 
Before we get into the episode, I do want to give a personal shout out to Bethany Hanna at the American Wildfire Experience for providing these grants for folks and for amplifying voices that are often not amplified in the broader wildfire space, um, as well as just in general. Um, I think wildland firefighting, the wildland firefighting community is often unheard from. Um, It's often not amplified at a broader scale. And so making these opportunities to allow folks to share their perspective is really critical work. And I appreciate it. So with all that being said, let's get into our episode with Junior. Thanks for listening as always, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Okay, great. To start out, I would just love to get your name and your background, you know, how many years of fire you've done, and then maybe what you're doing in college now. I've been doing three seasons. This was my third of wildland firefighting on a type two hand crew. I work for the BLM, or the Bureau of Land Management. They call it their SRV program, which is the Snake River Valley program. It's one of the few that has mostly like Hispanic, Latino, a lot of workers like that are firefighters. You know, that I think makes it special to me because we can like communicate in a lot of different ways, whether that be, you know, Spanish or in English as well. And I feel like the bond that we Make over there is just something like that. I can't really see myself finding in any other place. What do you think contributes to that bond? Obviously, having a somewhat shared background with these other guys, with these other folks, mm-hmm. is probably a huge part of it. What else builds that bond, or what has felt like it's been building that bond? It's a very like rural community where most of these people, a lot of them are, they work like on farms, and there's a lot of agriculture. I should say like agricultural like communities. And so I think that because of like the way we all come from like the agricultural side of things and we understand like how to work with each other. Like we've all had like experiences working like on farms or doing like manual labor, like jobs. We just all have that same shared experience. And what inspired you to first get into fire your first season? Have you been with SRV all three seasons? I have. And just my dad, he's a wildland fire sawyer. So he's a, I believe, B or is it one? I know they changed the category some time ago. I actually don't know the numerics. I've only ever known ABC falling. He's a B faller. And yeah, he's just been such a big inspiration to me. He's my stepfather, but I consider him a lot like my real father. He got me into the crew, and uh, ever since then, I've just liked going. He's on the same crew as you. Yes, he is. There's a lot of crews over there where it's father-son relationship. They're like uncle or cousins because we're all such like a close-knit community. And so I've had to adjust in some ways as well, working with my father and stuff, you know, like his expectations and my expectations on like how I should do things. But I think eventually we did end up like not compromising, but working something out where we can both like work because I swamp for him over there. And, you know, obviously like he cares a lot about me. He doesn't want me, you know, getting into like too dangerous of situations where like, you know, we might both be at risk. So he just really looks out for me. And I do appreciate that. Our like working like relationship has just really gotten better because of that. Yeah, I can't imagine working on a 
crew like that with a family member, even, yeah. you know, you have these like built-in relationships and your dad's been there for a while. And so he's got his relationships that are kind of already established. So can you think of any other memorable experiences that you've had maybe with your dad on the fire line or any more about what impact your dad had on you wanting to work in fire? Well, yeah, there's a couple of father-son like relationships over there as well and cousins and family members. And what I found is that, you know, we've gotten a lot closer. Well, he's been a lot more, I should say, maybe vulnerable, like open towards like expressing himself. And he's uh, around 52. So getting up there and, you know, he tells me that he wants to like keep going because of me, you know, or not because of me, but he just finds that I'm able to do this just makes him like enjoy it that much better, you know, because he has someone that can give him company like in hard times. And there are hard times that we face over there and things get pretty not hectic, but they get really uh, there's been some situations where it's been really dangerous or there's been a couple close calls and we just get through it that much better. You know, just me knowing he's there and him knowing I'm there for each other. You know, we kind of like console, not console, but we're there for each other is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I can totally see that. Did you feel like you gained more confidence in kind of what's being asked of you on these crews this last summer, considering it was your third summer? Oh, I did. And I found myself having to teach, you know, the newer guys, the rookies, you know, how it's done. And it was a challenge for me at first because I'm not used to that leadership role or how to really like do it in a way where it's not where I'm being like so pushy towards them or you know, telling them they should do it this way, or I wanted to be like a little bit more reserved in that aspect or let them figure it out first. And then maybe I could give them like tips and pointers on how to do it a little bit better. Yeah, that's good. I'm sure that once you get into that third season of fire, it definitely starts to become more of like a leadership kind of role, especially if you've been on the same crew for those three years. So it's cool to hear you're getting a little bit of leadership experience. Has it sort of shaped how you want your fire career to look? Do you want to stay in fire? This is now also a good opportunity to talk about your schoolwork, what you're going to school for. Just want to know what is ahead for you. I do like going to fires, but well, I think once my dad decides to retire or once he does retire, because um, it's kind of difficult on my mom to be by herself. She really does worry for the both of us. He barely came back this Thanksgiving and I usually stop around September or so. Because that's when school starts, but it's kind of rough on my mom just being by herself during the summer. Do and you have siblings? Yes, I do have two younger siblings. Are they interested in fire? They're very young right now, but mm. they do think it's cool. You know, I show them yeah. photos. They seem to be interested in it. Right, right, right. Yeah. So tell us about what you are doing in school then. Um, right now at a technical school currently doing uh, power sports and small engine repair. I think I mentioned in my essay that I like working like like small engine equipment, like chainsaws and power sports stuff too, like ATVs and uh, side-by-sides. Do you feel like fire has given you some confidence in those realms? And why do you think so? It has helped me. I've been in a position where I can like repair some saws out there, like on the field. And it has come like in handy or it has... I've proven like to actually be able to help with that. And I really like being able to be useful in that aspect. 
being able to repair once it's not running right or it's not cutting right because of the elevation changes you might have to adjust or tune some things but i have been able to get them back up and running and when i do it you know it makes me feel very proud of myself yeah absolutely it's really empowering to learn how to use saws and then to learn how to also maintain them and troubleshoot them it's really super empowering last question for you is what has been kind of the most challenging part of wildland firefighting for you i know you had mentioned that like when you were down in the hermit's peak fire like that seemed like it was probably a pretty challenging fire to be on especially in the communities that had been impacted but curious what comes to mind when i say like the biggest challenges that you've faced in wildland firefighting well wildland firefighting is like mental as much as it is physical which i've read you know for a lot of people it's really common for them to like feel like not lonely but uh just like missing home homesick i think that really affects me as well missing like my younger brothers and stuff they tell me when are you going to come back or you know we really miss you and we wish you could be here and i have gotten better at processing it or coping with it but I think that aspect of it is the hardest for me as well. Just coping with trying to like balance my life and work relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm wondering, do you have a section of your story that you'd like to read? Yeah, of course. Okay, so I did think about becoming a sawyer just like my father, you know, following in his footsteps in that aspect. And this section I talk about, you know, wanting to yeah, become a sawyer like my father, you know, and me just realizing how much of a responsibility it is for you and like others around you. So it says, uh, I want to become a sawyer like my father. It's a lot of responsibility and hard work, but I am ready for what comes next. I hope my experience has given you a lot to look about my life, what I have learned in becoming a wildland firefighter. I hope my dreams and aspirations can show other people what it means to be a wildland firefighter. And around, I think my second year is where I just realized that my dad just has to think about where he's falling the trees and you know about how close we are like in proximity to him you know making sure like his area is safe and his area is clear as well and it was at one point where i asked him just like how he like handles it all what his like process is towards like falling a tree and and everything and like the way he explained it to me was like if you are confident enough to know where it's going to land or know how you want it to be fallen, then you probably have enough like confidence or leadership skills to tell others, you know, how direct you want to be with them. You know, maybe you want them to go a little bit further up, you know, just in case if things do go south, you know, which could happen, you know, in falling trees, it's a very unpredictable. But he said the confidence will just come over time and just to not be afraid of like the outcomes. You do want to consider like a lot of outcomes, but you want to like approach them with like confidence. It's like confidence is just key. Oh, fantastic. Do you have any other sections that you'd like to read? I do have one about more on the Hermit's Peak fire and how it caused like a lot of casualties with the people's homes and, you know, their livelihoods and everything like just being like incinerated, like in front of their eyes. And they had already been to throw much like before, like we even got there and we were doing like flooding control. I felt that they had just been so like worn or very like tired, like of saying like, why is this happening? Like they just wanted it all to be like over, I guess. And I described it like as being like 
seeing like in one of those movies, like the military starts to show up, like when like a bad event is going to happen. And then like you think about it, first thing like that comes to mind is not that, oh, like, thank goodness they're here. It's like, oh, like what's going to happen or, you know, just that fear, you know, that people have. It really like gives me like a, a new way of like thinking just on how I like present myself to the public and what it means to like be a wildland firefighter and, you know, protecting those communities. Awesome. Well, that was great, Junior. I really appreciate your time. Once again, I appreciate your time so much and glad you had a safe third season and good luck with school. Yep. Thank you. You as well. Yeah. Have a great afternoon. You too. Thank you for speaking with me. Awesome. All right. All right, folks, that is what we have for you for today's episode. Huge thanks to Junior for coming on the show. And if you guys want to read Junior's essay, it's on the Mystery Ranch Backbone Series website. It was released on Friday last week. So I will link to that in the episode show notes if you want to go give that a read. Or any of the other uh, essays in the Backbone Series are all available on that website. So I'll make sure to put that link in the in the show notes. Um, I am not sure that we will put another episode out before Christmas. So if that is the case, I hope you guys have a wonderful holiday season and eat a lot of food and see your families and relax and enjoy yourselves. And I'll catch you guys either the week after Christmas or after the new year. More than likely the week after Christmas, I will be putting out another episode on uh, this Mystery Ranch Backbone series. So I'll catch you guys then. And thanks for listening as always. We'll catch you on the next episode.